Welcome to the Selling with Influence podcast, where we show you how to sell more of your products and services consistently, predictably, and profitably without having to offer discounts, quote, lower margins, or compete on price in a race to the bottom just to get the business. My name is Dwayne Huff, founder and CEO of Influence Seminars, and I am your host. Hey, Jason, man, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule, investing it uh, with us here at the Selling with Influence podcast. It's an honor to talk with you. And before we jump into the questions that I have for you, um, can you just kind of take us back to the beginning and, and set us up for how you started in sales and the journey that you took to where you are now? And don't leave out the uh, the good, the bad, or the ugly, okay? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me. I uh, So the journey started, you know, the better part of 25 years ago after college. And, and I, I guess it sort of started by happenstance. And I think that's the way many salespeople fall into their career, which is, you know, I got an interesting job offer out of college. My roommate was working for a company that sold electronic components to, uh, to OEM manufacturers around the country. Thought it was a cool opportunity. Went and did it. I, I uh, first job out of college, I was doing about uh, 200 or so cold calls a day. Wow. Uh, was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot about uh, rejection, about cold calling, about just overall business in general, and was a great initial experience for me. And, uh, and look, into, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to interrupt you, dude, but sure. I, we have got to unpack that, man. Because I've heard of 50 cold calls a day. I've heard of 40. I've heard of 100. I've never heard of 200. And you said you learned a lot from the rejection and the process. Give us some of those nuggets of wisdom. What, what did it do for you? I, I, what did you learn? How did that help you grow? Just don't leave anything out. That is important. Yeah, I think, I think it, it helped me understand that, you know, rejection was not, a, was not a personal thing. They weren't rejecting me necessarily. And it could have been a timing thing. It could have been they were really had a great relationship with their existing partner or vendor. And so, you know, over time, just realize that, hey, rejection's not, it's not me that they're rejecting. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the option right now of working together, which also could change in three, six, 12 months from now. So, you know, and, and that, was a, that was a huge learning curve for me. I, you know, often as, as I think a lot of salespeople do, they take the rejection, rejection personally. But on the other end of that phone is an individual that is also working very hard trying to just figure out, you know, how to do their very best. And it, it just may be wrong timing. It just may be that they have a great partner that they're already partnered with and it's too risky to change. Mm-hmm. So just having that perspective is super helpful. So, so what advice would you give us if we're still in a space where it still stings, it still hurts, and we're still taking it personally? What, what do we do if it is a momentary rejection? It's not no forever. It's just no for now. What would be your suggestion to, to keep the door open? Well, I would, I would provide value. You know, one of the things that we, you know, we learn over time is that we can provide value above and beyond selling our product or service, right? Mm-hmm. So it may be interesting industry articles or things that might be, you know, interesting to that individual personally, just continuing the relationship mm-hmm. so that if you do wind up calling them six months, 12 months later, you provided them with three, four things of value and they may be more receptive to taking that call. That is brilliant advice, man, because you know, you're absolutely right. We're all grinding it out, uh, whether we're salespeople or not. We've got families to feed. We're focused on our day. 
we're comfortable in our current solutions and it might not be a good time to change, but you know what? Things change on a dime. And, and if you're that guy who did nurture the relationship, you're top of mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think, That's you know, and you learn that over time. I, I think you make that mistake where you, you know, are strictly looking at this from a, what can I get out of it versus what can I give out of it? Mm. Say that again. What can they say it again? I think, you know, at the beginning of the career, it's looking at what can I get out of the relationship versus what can I give to the relationship? And everybody's a client, whether they're, you know, just talking to you as a prospect or not. To me, everybody is a client. You're, yeah. you're forming a relationship with that individual. Well, now here's another thing. Thank you for sharing that. That's such wisdom. And, and I, I wasn't joking when I said, say it again. I hope somebody tweets that out and tags you in it because uh, that's wisdom right there. Talk to me about what you learned about the reality of the numbers game, going through 200 calls a day without fail. What did it teach you about the numbers? Well, I, ultimately, it still is about a numbers game, right? So the, the reality is, even though there is rejection and you're still giving and building relationships, if, if, you, if you make two calls a day, I can gear, pretty well guarantee you, no matter how good or bad you are at communication, if I make 200 calls a day, I will be more successful than you. So ultimately, it's about, it's about numbers. Although over the period of time, there's, there's really smart individuals that I've learned from that you know, really personalize either the call or the email or the messaging. And it's, it's really become really sophisticated ways of you know, understanding what your buyer is interested in. Mm, and, and having a good guest going to the table. Yes, absolutely. An educated guest. That's awesome. I appreciate that because, you know, there's, there's banter back and forth about it's not a numbers game. It is a numbers game. It's not a numbers game. It is. Game. And I guess it kind of depends on your industry. Uh, the, the fewer prospects that are out there for your industry, the less of a numbers game you can depend upon. But even still, if, if, if you're like you said, if you're sophisticated about it, you, you, you stack the numbers in your favor, even still. That's right. Yeah. I mean, if I'm. I can guarantee if I'm making zero calls a day, I'm probably going to have zero sales. Gotcha. <laughs> awesome. So that was the first gig. I admire that. And I admire people who are in industries like that, who grind it out and get tough because they're forced into it, but they, but they learn great things from it. So take us, take us the rest of the way. I didn't mean to interrupt, but that was so important. Yeah, no, thank you. And, you know, then I got into more of technology sales, which is where I'm at today. I started uh, selling uh, software into parks and recreation, which was a really interesting uh, industry to sell into. Yeah. And then got into uh, post what we call post-acute care, which is healthcare, yeah. and fell in love with that industry and have been in it ever since. That's awesome, dude. And, that, and I think that's so valuable that you find an industry that you just resonate with, love, feel. It just makes your life easier and your job easier. Yeah, it sure does. I think somebody... Uh, took a chance on me, you know, 20 some years ago. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful for that individual. So fantastic. Awesome, man. Well, I, I know that we have a limited time together here today. So I want to take advantage of it fully. So I'm gonna jump into a couple of questions that I have jotted down. And um, just the good, the bad and the ugly, let us know uh, how it goes. Here's the first question. What is the biggest? What do you feel like has been the biggest factor in your success looking back? Um, it, it really depends. You know, I've had the good fortune of being an individual contributor and, and that is really at, at the forefront about just taking massive action. However, 
now, and I've been fortunate enough to serve individuals, to serve managers and to serve leaders. And so, you know, for, for me, it's about taking massive action for them, right? Mm-hmm. I actually work for my team and um, they don't work for me necessarily. I mean, they may report to me, sure. but I work for them. My, my goal is to clear every obstacle and path out of their way so that they can, you know, be as talented as they are and perform their job at the highest level. And so for me, every day I get up thinking about how I can make their lives easier so that they can serve our clients. Well, I bet they appreciate that. And how long have you been um, with this team? How long have you been leading this team? So I've been back with this team for almost a year. I was here about three years ago in the same exact role. Wow. Okay, cool. How many many people on your team? So right now there's... Uh, about 13 people on the team. Cool. And so, and so what, if I understand what you said there, it used to be when you were just a, uh, a lone wolf doing the individual thing, it was about the grind. And now it's about uh, moving the obstacles and taking care of them, making sure they have everything they need to be, be successful. Yeah. Setting them up for success so that they can serve our clients and, and prospects. P- fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, what, what obstacles and challenges are you still working on in that role? Well, I think, you know, and this is sort of uh, in this day and age right now, what we're working on is, you know, virtualized selling environments, right? So we're used to sitting down with prospects and having lunch, uh, perhaps having a cup of coffee and forming an interpersonal relationship. And, you know, that, that, uh, that's a little bit more challenging to do in a virtual environment. It's not impossible. Mm-hmm. There are ways to do it, creative ways to do it. But it's, it's, it's had me adapt what I've been doing. And, um, and, and I think I still really, you know, have a lot of room to grow and progress as it relates to virtual, virtual selling. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, and I know we're, we're all struggling with that. I know I, I struggle with it. It's nice. You and I did not know each other prior to me connecting with you on LinkedIn, reaching out and saying, hey, man, I love your background. Let's have a conversation, see if it'd be a good fit. And we were able to, to connect over a couple of common things that we had in common, the Franklin Covey being one of them. Yeah. Um, you're, a Frank, you're a Franklin Covey uh, sales trainer. And how long have you been doing that? So I've probably been doing that the better part of 10 years now. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yep. And that was my first job out of college. And that's how you and I kind of connected and really resonated around the common ground. And, yep. and, so that, and that happened virtually. <laughs> it did. It was great. So we can't, you know, when people can't be together, we're, we're learning how to make this a good connector. And it's, it's not as easy, <laughs> like you said, but yeah, man, that's cool. Um, yeah. okay, let me, let me uh, get to the next one. What is the best advice you've gotten from someone on selling uh, or about sales in your career? What's the best piece of advice you've gotten? Um, I think it had to have been in the process of sort of learning the discovery, which is uh, seek first to understand before you're understood, right? And so, you know, really understanding at a deep level what that prospect or client is struggling with or what results they're looking to achieve mm-hmm. and trying to get a, you know, a quantified amount out of those types of things is really, it's such an undervalued part of the sales process. I think, you know, for so many years, and and by the way, you know, still, again, haven't mastered it. um, 
is, you know, you, you have this urge to tell them all the wonderful things that you do mm-hmm. without taking the time to sit down and, and just take a minute to listen to what they're struggling with, right? Put yourself in their shoes and really be, you know, I think, I think the thing that I key, the word that I keep coming back to is curiosity. I think very successful salespeople by and large are curious about what their clients are going through on a daily basis and, and are able to sympathize and empathize and put themselves in their shoes. That is some great advice um, and wisdom for the ages. Let me ask you this. Um, before you're engaged in conversation with a prospect that you don't know that you're going to connect with to hopefully serve one day, what, how, how do you dig in and get a good idea of what they might be struggling with before you enter that conversation so you can really serve from the get-go? Sure. Well, I think part of it comes from some experience in the industry, but also part of it would come from uh, various analytic reports. They might have a, for instance, they might have an annual report on their website mm-hmm. that talks about their key initiatives as an organization. You might also look down LinkedIn, right, to see what they're posting about, what their interests are, who they're connecting with, right? And that might give you some indication of, of their area of interest uh, before you pick up the phone and reach out to them. I think at a very basic level, you know, just understanding those things will help you at least be grounded in getting into their world. That's awesome. That's solid advice. It's timeless advice because people are the same. And if we're curious, like you said, genuinely curious, and we do the research to understand who they are and we connect with that common ground, they know, hey, this person is a human. They care about yeah. us. They're, they're obviously, you know, they've got a good foundation and maybe, maybe they'd be worth connecting with. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. I think, um, you know, it's, it's really all about human connection in the end. Awesome, dude. Um, in the interest of time, I'm going to keep us moving forward so that you can move on to uh, uh, the next thing that you have to accomplish today. Um, let's see here. In your opinion, and this goes to sales, in your opinion, what's the secret sauce that you think many miss when it comes to selling? I think it's that discovery process. I think many, many think, you know, present to close and, you know, and, and really show up and, and throw up is the saying, right? Which is, I'm going to, I'm going to show you all the wonderful things that we do and hope that something sticks. And, and there's not enough people that take the time to have a structured conversation with a client. And many, quite frankly, haven't been taught how to have a structured conversation with a client Mm. to understand the needs of that client. Many times the client is, you know, very sort of, wow, this is a different experience that I'm having with this salesperson because there is a structured way to have a conversation to understand what the needs of that client are. Mm -hmm. And I think many times we ask a few pointed questions and then we're ready to launch on our PhD dissertation about our wonderful product or service. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, that's good, man. It, it really is. And, and I don't know, and, and I pick up on one thing you said there, they've never been taught, right? And, and I can remember early in my career, it was, here's a book of product information. Go get them, Hoss. Here's a phone book. And it was like, how? <laughs> you know, yeah. nobody showed me, nobody taught me. And yeah. so I went through a lot of pain and struggle as well. But man, I tell you, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like just a little bit of understanding 
about how to successfully navigate that conversation can make the prospect or client feel amazing about engaging with us and, and really make our job a whole lot easier in trying to help that client. Yeah, the, the, you know, the, the phrase that I like that, that, that I think is used by Mahan Khalsa and others that were with Franklin Covey is selling is a free sample of how you solve their problems. Right. Mm. And so, you know, and so how you sell should be a free sample of how you're going to engage with them to fix the problems that they're having. And, you know, and, and, and so many times if it's again, if it's about if it's about me, I got to really check my ego at the door mm. and say, OK, what is my intent going into this conversation with this individual? Is mm. my intent to help them? with their product, regardless if that includes me or not, mm -hmm. or is my intent to help me? Mm. Yeah, man. That intention is so important. I've heard somebody say the difference between uh, influence and manipulation is a very fine line and that's your intention. Absolutely. And, and they, you know, many, many people can feel it. I mean, you know, I've had really good experiences at a car dealership yeah. and I've had really bad experiences at a car dealership. Right. Yeah. You can tell whether the individual is truly taking an interest in you. You can feel it versus, you know, somebody who's really just trying to sell you the car. Yeah, totally. And you and you can. And that's where you get that icky or that warm feeling. It depends on right. what it is. Right. Uh, right. Two more questions. I think we've got a couple more minutes for this. Um, what is the key practice? Strategy or tactic, and I hate to use either one of those words, but I think you know what I'm saying, that, that you keep revisiting and coming back to. I mean, what is the thing that you lean on as a best practice, a tactic, a, a strategy, a principle? Yeah, I think right now, especially in the virtual care setting, you know, it, it's really, um, you know, being intentionally focused with that client in every interaction. And I think the thing that is important is that you know you you lay aside all distractions and you have a purpose for that call and meaning mm -hmm. uh, that you verbalize to the client mm -hmm. and that you agree upon that will be the the interaction that you have. For instance, if I'm if I'm working with you, Dwayne, and I we have our our next call and and I say, Dwayne, during the next call, this is what I I think we'd like to achieve, and at the end of this call here's what I'd like you to say, do, or decide. Mm -hmm. And we agree on that. Then that is a meaningful next step versus, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times we go through the sales process with no end in mind, right? So there's, we end the call. It feels good. Everybody likes us. And then there's no real next step. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, we see that a lot. And, you know, again, it's progress, not perfection. But, you know, see many times in the sales pipeline where they say they feel real good about us. I think it's going to close. I'm not sure when it's going to close or how it's going to close or why it's going to close. But we like each other. Mm. And it just, you know, those sales processes go on and on and on and on. And to the detriment of the client, right? No is a suboptimal sub answer, but it is an answer. Sure. Absolutely. That's wisdom. Last one. If you had a crystal ball and you were looking into it, what does your next level of success look like in the area you're in right now? I think everybody that I work with is um, doing well. They're helping clients succeed. And, um, 
and they're achieving their own personal goals. Right now, it really is about serving them. And, and if they're all feeling good about what they do on a daily basis, excited to get up in the morning, yeah. uh, they'll do a great job. I've got very talented individuals that I work with. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's what success looks like for me. That's a beautiful vision of success. And we're going to end that on a beautiful note. So uh, Jason, thank you so much, man. I, I want to do this again because there's so much more we can talk about, but I appreciate you investing in us and the audience and let's do it again. Thank you. Thank you. All Good right. to talk to you. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.